Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of My Violet Tendencies with me, Marvelous Matt Nix. And uh, this week's episode is a really, real fun one. Uh, I'm sitting down with my good pal, uh, the ego, Robert Anthony, uh, also known as Egotistico Fantastico. Uh, You may have seen him at Freelance. You may have seen him as former CZW champion, uh, or you may have seen him uh, from wrestling on All Elite Wrestling uh, Dark, where he took the world champion to the limit. Um, I've known Rob for such a long time, and it was really cool to sit down and talk about you know, some, some stuff from his career and just kind of get inside his head of, uh, you know, like being around, uh, AEW and all that stuff about being on TV, you know, the fun stuff. Uh, but we also, <laughs> we also get into, uh, my infamous story, uh, of attending the IW Mid-South, uh, Ted Petty Invitational in 2008 and, uh, and all the fun stuff that transpired around that. Uh, so stick around, check that out. It's a real fun story, really weird story. Um, but, uh, I do want to say, uh, s- fucking shout out to everybody that bought t-shirts, uh, during this 4th of July sale. Uh, anybody that just bought a t-shirt in general, uh, I, I don't really sell a lot of t-shirts. Uh, people don't really care about me that much. And that's not me like, you know, trying to rag on myself or whatever, but you know, it is what it is. You gotta, you gotta be over to sell t-shirts and, uh, you know. Thank you for everybody that, that bought a t-shirt. Uh, 100% of those proceeds are going to be donated to uh, Good Kids Mad City as uh, a youth organization here in Chicago that you know helps uh, black and brown youths uh, fight against uh, violence here in the city of Chicago. And Lord knows there's a lot of that, but uh, I haven't tabulated up the exact numbers yet. I'm gonna, I'll make a post soon. Uh, regarding an official number of the donations, but I'm pretty sure uh, whatever we got, I'm going to match this uh, the donations. So it's going to go to a good cause. Thank you again for everybody that, uh, that, that bought or donated. You guys are the heroes of the world. Uh, and also shout out to my Patreon, uh, uh, you know, sponsor guys. <laughs> I forgot. I don't really have a name for you. Uh, fans of the show friends of the show that's uh a lot of people use that one already but uh thank you guys uh being patient i'm gonna have some 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 stuff up on the patreon uh very soon uh some exclusive stuff maybe some exclusive podcasts um i don't know no spoilers but anyway let's jump into this episode i'm sitting down with robert anthony and uh yeah thanks for listening gonna give you like a warning or some shit say like avoid legal snags by telling people that they're being recorded nix is recording the call damn right i am (laughs) so how are you feeling how was uh how was your trip down down into jacksonville today so uh are we are we recording is this is this how we start yeah this is how we start i like it no intro no nothing fucking hell um can I say the F word? I'm sorry. I should. Yeah, you could. You could say all the F words. Well, not all the F words, but like. I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to say the F words. But uh, no. So um, traveling is always scary right now because um, AEW does blood testing for the corona, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm always like worried. Like, 
did I catch something while I was like walking through an airport? Like, oh no, my, my throat is itchy. Now I'm going to die. So, um, uh, 1030 at night over here, I just did my blood test. So I'm clean. So no Corona. So like traveling was stressful, but after you take your blood test, then it's like, all right, cool. I survived. So the week, the week is going to be good. I'm not going to get sent home. How is it like at the, at the airports? Like, is it like dead quiet or there's like no people there? So, uh, when I did, when I wrestled Sean Spears, there was three people on my flight to Jacksonville. And then this last couple ones, they're full. The flights are full, but it's like social distance flights. So you really don't have anyone sitting next to you. That's Um, the dream. (laughs) Yeah. It's pretty awesome. But, um, like the last time there, there, but there's like nobody in the airport. So like, you know how usually you have a wait at security checkpoint. There's mm-hmm. zero. There's zero wait because there's nobody here. But randomly, people are on these flights. So it's like, who are these not, people? I don't know. Like, um, <laughs> people have kids. Maybe people just trying to get home or visit families or something like that. So I don't know. Who knows? But the flights are they're pretty easy. The airports are. None of the restaurants are open. None of that. Like. Starbucks is open, but like you can't eat anywhere. You can't do really much anything. And then uh, when you come here to town, um, like Chicago, like 7-Eleven's open. Do you know what I mean? But out Mm -hmm. here, 7-Eleven's closed. So like they have certain hours where you could go. So like, um, I don't know, man. It's a different world here. I think because the virus is so impactful here in florida right so it's on the rise so like there's a lot more rules like um masks are required you there's back home there's indoor dining right now here none of that here no way so yeah i know so who knows who knows man it's a scary time like but um i'm adapting keeping safe dude like you know me man i I just kind of i'm low-key anyway so i just kind of just chill in the room and just hang out go to the building just relax i'm not trying to do anything too crazy now this is like you said this is like the fourth time that you you travel now with uh down there for aew um was there like any kind of like i guess uh concerns and stuff like talking to your wife about just like traveling during this time and like we're, we're, i'm sure there definitely were concerns like how did that conversation go <laughs> sure so like my wife wants me out of the house anyway but um, <laughs> she's like get, get get out of here yeah yeah leave now please um but like the positive is that we're getting tested right mm-hmm. so um at first she was like man i don't know if i want you going to florida but like then she found out we're getting tested like well now you're gonna get tested so now you know if you have something or you don't so she was almost using the first trip as a, um, like, let's see if he has something. And, um, but now good. it's, uh, yeah, That's a good way of doing it. I know. But now it's so safe for us in the sense that the people that we are in contact with, um, we know everyone's safe. You know what I mean? Um, so like I have this gold wristband on. If you don't if if you don't have this gold wristband, that means you haven't been tested, so get the fuck away from that person, you know what I mean? That's pretty cool. And it and it's like I know like so many people, especially right now, like everyone's like so ready for wrestling to come back and you know, on the independent level, it's like it's it's maybe not quite there yet, but like some places like GCW are finding really safe 
or as safe as you can ways to do things. Uh, it's good to see that, like, you know, AEW at least is, is taking uh, those strides to, like, test people, like, vigorously, <clears throat> as opposed to, yeah. like, other, other companies right now. Yeah, so, like, uh, the very first time that I came, there was two tests, right? So, uh, obviously, today, we're, pre- like, full disclosure, this is Tuesday night, right? So, we're recording this Tuesday night. The show's on Wednesday. So, everyone gets it on the Tuesday. You test on Tuesday. Or if you get in real late, then you got to test Wednesday morning. Then before you even enter the arena, the building, you get temperature checked and you get a second little, like, smaller test. So, like, you're not you're not passing that gate unless you've tested at least twice for fever and one for blood. So, it's almost like, like an embassy. Like, once you enter the arena, you're like... <sighs> Oh, everyone here's been tested. I can't catch anything here. I'm good. It's it's like when you leave here, you're just checking people's wrists. Like, do they have a gold wristband? Okay, I could talk to them. Like, um, like Joe got here before I did, and um, Joe came and hung out with me, and I wasn't tested yet. And a doc texted Joe. He's like, "Are you hanging out with Rob?" He's like, "No." Meanwhile, he's sitting six feet away from me. And he's like, "Yo, <laughs> you need to go right now to get tested because we cannot be together." And I was like, "Oh, okay." So like, uh, it's pretty like, it's pretty social d- distance right now. It's like you're not allowed to hang out with anyone until you get tested. Um, so it's your own little community. So like, um, personally, I, I don't know if I have a big opinion on when indie wrestling should come back, but I definitely think it should be outdoor. Uh, for the fans' sake, uh, there should be no indoor b- running right now, and um, anyone that is wrestling like hey man like you could go down and get nose swabs somewhere for free so like it might be a good thing for people to do that just to keep everyone else safe you know yeah it doesn't hurt doesn't hurt to check and see you know no i know we had uh uh we all went and got tested at work just to just to be safe and thankfully everybody came back negative did you do the note did you do, do the nose test oh dude the nose swab sucks so bad uh, uh-huh. and like the, the nurse was like, or the doctor, whoever like was that administered the test. She's like, okay, uh, you ready? And I'm like, yeah. And she holds up this like super long, uh, it looked like a, uh, Q-tip, like a long Q-tip, but, but only on the, the fuzzy on the one side. And, uh, are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. So, uh, so she's like, holds it up and she like puts it in my nose and I'm thinking, okay, like a little bit, you know, cleaning out my boogers or whatever. But no, she slides this thing all the way back into my nose, and I could feel it touching the back of my throat. Oh, and I no. was just like, like, oh, like just very uncomfortable. And uh, a couple of my coworkers were there watching me, and I was just like, all right, have fun, guys. Like, <laughs> that sucked. But thankfully, it, thankfully it came back uh, negative. Yeah, man. I don't know, man. In, like, corona wrestling right now is weird. Um, everyone's got an opinion about it. Every the, the world's just going crazy right now. So, like... It's just like find something to keep your mind off of things for a while. Stay safe, wear a mask, and then everything should be good, you know. So it's like it is what it is, man. I I think people are going stir crazy, man. Especially with everything that's going on with wrestling in general. It's just like fuck, dude. It's one thing after another, man. Yeah, be, people need a chance to to just kind of like breathe again and just remember when wrestling was about the wrestling. It's just, dude. It, it's. It's it's about time to get back to that. Yeah. 
but who knows, man. Uh, luckily, you're doing well. I'm doing well. People we know are doing well. So it's just like, keep everyone safe, man. So who knows, dude? Um, I am not beating around the bush anymore. We're getting right into this. <laughs> Listen, we have a lot of things we're going to talk about. But this was the one I've been waiting because I was at the pro wrestling T school. You started telling me something about it. I ended it right there. <laughs> okay. 2008. You, 2008. 2008. Down the street from my house in Joliet, <laughs> Illinois. The Ted Petty Invitational. Fabulous Joliet, Illinois. A oh young boy. Matt Nix is at the show. Please, please tell me how Ian Rotten beat the shit out of you. And I did not know any of this. Okay, okay. So, this, as you say, 2008. Yes. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a senior in high school at this time. Oh, um, man. And I was, uh, to, to make myself feel old, I was just fired by the WWE. <laughs> 2008. <laughs> you were in high school as I was getting my fucking pink slip crying on the phone to my mom. But go ahead. <laughs> um, so, uh, funny enough, that weekend was our homecoming weekend at for okay. our high school and i was just like fuck that i'm not going i'm going to see fucking tpi with olsen it's gonna be awesome yeah and so we bought tickets for for both nights and uh and i go <laughs> and, and i the funny part is too is like i was such a fucking fanboy back then i still am but back sure. then specifically uh i had a, i would take uh, i took graphic arts in my as a class in high school and we we one of our projects we had to do we had to make our own uh, make our own t-shirts so naturally i made a chuck taylor t-shirt because i love i love chuck taylor okay and uh so i <laughs> i have a bunch of pictures of me t- i took a bunch of pictures of people at the show me rocking my chuck taylor is awesome shirt uh with, funny enough the word awesome was spelled wrong on the shirt because <laughs> i was a dumbass did not know how to spell uh so we're there the whole time just fucking i'm i'm sitting there standing i have this really shitty lg brick phone all right you know i don't know if you remember the phones that were like the brick phone and then you turn it sideways you could flip it open and it has like a little keyboard on there you could type with it so i had one of those bad boys and this is 2008 i don't think youtube was a thing or it might have just been like starting out like it wasn't like super super new super yeah and so and I'm taking like pic- little pictures and like 20 second clips on my phone because that's literally all my phone could could handle. Like that was it. <laughs> and right, I want to say right before the main event on night one happened, uh, I'm standing there and I'm like just like going like this, and then all of a sudden, to my right, I just hear like a bunch of chairs flying. Like, oh no! And I turn and I look and it's Ian just rushing through these chairs, throwing chairs out of the way. And he's looking right at me, and he's just like, you motherfucker, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> and and I, I go like this. I, I do one of these. like a, And I look, look, look behind me, because I'm like, there's no way he's talking to me, right? Like, what the no. fuck? I didn't do anything. No. And he, he comes over, and he like grabs me by the shirt, and I'm just like, I put my hands up, and I'm just like, Oh no! Uh, I don't. What did I do? I'm so sorry. Like, and I don't know who was there with him. Yeah. But, like, I, he somebody else grabbed me and put me in a headlock and like dragged dragged me out. Oh, or it no. might have been Ian. Ian did that. Ian grabbed me and put me in a headlock. 
and is dragging me out and he goes grab his phone somebody take his phone and i just like handed it to somebody i was just like here take it like i was so scared no and he's like break his phone break his phone and no. i was just like did they break it no, I was like, please don't break oh. my phone. Please don't break my phone. They, they oh. ended up taking my memory card out of there, but there was like nothing on there. Okay. Um, so I get thro- thrown out into the into the uh, com- like the community center, like uh, uh-huh. atrium area. Yeah, and he like kicks me in the stomach, and he's just like, no, he's like little little John Calvin was there. Like I remember, he was like a little boy, like a little like a toddler. He was a kid. Yeah, and I was, and he's just like, you, he's like, you want to steal from my family? And he's screaming at me, and I'm just like, holy shit, what is happening right now? Wait, like, are you on the ground? Yeah, I was just like, what the fuck? Who like, threw I threw you to the ground. Ian did. And you laid on the ground. He kicked you in the stomach. Yeah, I was very, I was, punch you after that, or just, no, no, no. Hit? He, he just gave me like a kick. Okay. It didn't even like, it didn't, it like, honestly, it didn't even hurt. I was just <laughs> like, I was, I was like shocked and just like, holy shit, what is going on right now? Part, like half of me scared for my life, and the other half of me is just like, "Holy shit, Ian Rotten's fucking beating me up right now. This is kind of cool." Yeah. Like, okay, wait. My... Backtrack. We're backtracking. Backtrack. We're backtracking. You're with Olson. With Olson. Only Olson. Just you and Olson. Yeah, just me and Olson. Did Olson just leave you to get beat up? He just he like this? he just stood there and like waited, <laughs> like, and uh... <laughs> he's a terrible friend. <laughs> well, what is he gonna do? It's all he's the same size as he was back then. <laughs> oh man so, so Ian he kicks you and then john Campbell's like you're steal from my family no no no. that was ian that was yelling he was like yeah okay, okay, steal yeah. from my family blah 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 and then sure, like sure, sure, sure. He, he's like screaming at me he's like all right he's like whatever he's like here's your fucking phone back if i ever see you again i'll fucking kill you like that just screaming at me and i'm yeah. like oh god i'm like leaving and i call my mom and i'm just like i text i think i text, texted olsen be like yo i can't come back in like <laughs> Uh, we got to leave. So, yeah, he came outside and my mom came to like pick us up because like my parents, I didn't drive at the time. I was like 17. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Were your parents uh, in town, like at a restaurant or something. Or they yeah, just come... they like they dropped us off for the show mm-hmm. and then like went out like to see a movie or some shit. They were like in the area. So they, sure. they came they came back and my mom like, you you know, my mom. Yeah. And she's like, What? And she's like, I want to, she's like, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to kick his fucking ass. And she's like, she wanted to go inside and like fight Ian. And I'm just like, like, this is legit. You can ask my mom this. I go, I go, no, mom, don't go in there. I want to get in the business one day and I don't want heat. (laughs) (laughs) Was your dad there? Yeah. I suppose your dad didn't go in there and beat the fuck out of you. I honestly, yeah, I am. But he probably was like, yeah, he probably deserved it. Um, No. So that happened, and I was just like, holy shit. I was, like, freaking out. And, like, so many people I, like, talked to that were, like, at that show were just like, that was you? Oh, shit, we were going to go out and beat your ass in the parking lot. So, so okay, now that you told me this story, I vaguely remember, because I don't remember this happening at all, and oh, I was there. This, so this is the most important part, actually. Okay, okay. okay. So the reason, oh, shit, you're getting a... Uh, it's a fucking, it's fucking Joe. It's gotta be Joe. It's gotta be Joe. Room service. No, shut up. Who is it? Oh, someone knocked and ran away. I oh, got ding dong ditched. That was Joe. Joe just ding dong ditched you. Well, I have Joe's gear and I can easily throw it out the fucking 17th floor balcony. <laughs> so, joke's on him. I have his bag. No, don't do that to Joe. <laughs> I mean, I think the internet would love if I. 
I think you get some YouTube views if I threw Joe's gear off this balcony right now. Oh my god! Just throw one of his shoes. <laughs> so okay, so important part of the story. Let's hear it. Okay. So the the important part of the story is the reason why I found out later. The reason why he came after me like that was, do you remember when Mickey Knuckles broke her leg? I was yeah, so I was there. Yeah, I was not, but <laughs> which is the which is also important. All I right, was. I'll not, tell my story. I'm. Well, I'll tell that in a minute. Go ahead. I was not there that day, um, but he thought I was the person that posted the video of her breaking her leg online. Oh, yeah, and, and I would make money off of it. <laughs> well, he was like probably. Yeah. But he he's like oh no, no, like like and I, that makes sense like if I had my phone out like you know yeah I would have f- probably thought the same thing but like I had n- sure. n- no idea how to do that <laughs> and yeah. I wasn't even there that day. Um, yeah. so I man, so I'm at that show, and I want to say I kind of remember hearing Ian kick someone out for recording. But I don't remember it. I don't remember any of this. Like, the fact that that happened and I was, like, 10 feet away. Like, fuck, dude. I don't remember none of that shit. Damn. But, like, that whole two days, from my standpoint, was crazy as fuck. Because it was me getting fired from WWE. And Mike Robles got me in with Ian. I wrestled Michael Elgin at like some weird Indiana IWA show. And then, after, and then after that, I was booked for Ian for a while. Well, forever until I stopped working for him. And so Mike, so Mike Robles got me in. Um, so it's me coming off of WWE, like basically starting at the bottom. And then Mustafa Ali, um, he was just a Chicago indie guy doing Lucha shows, you know what I mean? Yeah. So when him and I started with IWA, that match was, our in our mind, this is going to break us out, which it did, right? It got me to CZW, it got Ali to Jersey All-Pro. And we were like, we don't give a fuck what everyone does, we're going to do everything. And we oh, did. Yeah. We did everything. And like I, th- when you, because I've watched that match so many times, and I don't watch any of my matches because I get real weird about it. But I watched that one so many times. When I kick out of Ali's uh, inverted four fifty, you can see the entranceway and the boys looking through the entranceway, <laughs> and they just go. You see someone just throw their fucking hands in there, like God damn it, because like they're they were so mad that we did everything. And the next match was Dave Taylor, and during Dave Taylor's entrance, he's like. Well, you ain't gonna see any of that fucking bullshit because all the like straight and fr- straight to the fucking camera, and like we came in the back. Ian was super happy. He's like, "Oh, thank you guys so much," yeah. and, and and like everyone else was like, "You guys are fucking assholes." Jimmy Jacobs was mad at us, and uh, we were like, "We don't care, man." Like, fucking, I was in the bottom of the barrel. Ali's trying to fucking break his name out. We're buds. We're gonna do everything. We just did fucking everything, and. Um, and so, like, that match was, like, special to us. So, um, the kick pads that Ali's wearing, I told you this story, but I want to tell it on here. The mm-hmm. kick pads that Ali is wearing in that match, when Ali quit the business for the first time, he gave them to me. 
and he's like, hey, this is the match that we had, and blah, blah, blah. I want you to have these. I'm quitting the business. And it just so happened to be the kick pads that he wore when he knocked out Chris Hero. So he gave, he gave me the kick pads. And then when I wrestled Hero in CCW, I sent you the photo. Uh, I'm wearing those kick pads that Ali wore when he knocked out Hero <laughs> as like an Easter egg. So I'm real big on these weird little Easter eggs. So it's like, oh, yeah, I'm wrestling Hero, and I'm wearing these kick pads that are bad luck to you, and I'm going to kill you. <laughs> so like uh, so like that whole like week was so fucking crazy. Like that happened. These two fans that were there from England, when I left night one, they were on the fucking corner. And they were like, and I was like, man, these two kids are in the corner in this part of town of Joliet. I'm like, man, yeah, what the heck? I was like, uh oh. And I just pulled up to him like, hey, man, like, are you guys all right? And like Uber doesn't exist then. They're like, yeah, we're trying to think like a taxi. I'm like, man, are you guys from fucking England? Because they had the accents. Like, yeah, I was like, no, fuck that, dude. I was like, get in the car because you're going to get fucked. So <laughs> yeah. like they got in my car and I was like, where are you guys staying? And they told me and I'm driving. And they're like, hey, man, like, thanks, like, for picking and picking, picking us up. Like, you know, whatever. He's like, we were at a wrestling show. I was like, yeah, I know. I fucking <laughs> wrestled that show. He's like, wait, who are you? Because I had the mask on. It's like, oh, oh. Nico. Like, they're like, oh, fuck, you're Ego? And I was like, oh, shit, yeah. Yeah, that's me. And he's like, oh, hell yeah. So then I, like, randomly gave these dudes from England, like, a ride back to their hotel. And I was like, hey, man, like, I gave them my number. I was like, hey, like, tomorrow when you need a ride to the show, call me. Because I was like you're not in a good area. <laughs> I, was yeah, like, I was like, I was like, don't fucking, I was like, you know what I mean? And they're like, Oh, okay, cool, cool. So then that happened. And then like the next day I knew Dave Taylor from developmental and, uh, Dave Taylor was like, Hey, like, uh, can you drive me to the store to get some beer? And I was like, yeah, that's fine. So the part in Joliet we are, we're in, I call it Mexico city, Joliet. Cause it's all Mexican owned. Um, everything's fucking in, in Spanish, blah, blah, blah. So mm-hmm. I take him to this fucking Mexican owned grocery store and I'm like, go in there and go get beer knowing no one there speaks English and Dave Taylor's <laughs> fucking, fucking from England. So he comes storming out and he's all fucking pissed off. And he's like, he's like, oh, fuck. He's like, he's got the beer. He's like, that place is so fucking disgusting. I wouldn't eat anything in there if it wasn't in a packet. Like he was so mad. And he said, he like, <laughs> He had like a five minute conversation with the fucking cashier because they both couldn't understand each other. It dude, it popped me so hard. And then uh, Ian stiffed him and never paid him. <laughs> oh Jesus! He's Ian stiffed Dave Taylor. He stiffed Cassandro, and I forget who else. Um, on that show, Chuck Taylor had an awesome match with Cassandro. Yes, I dude, I yeah. remember that. Like that was the first time I'd ever seen Cassandro. Like I'd never oh. even heard of him before that, and like. Just like blew my mind. Yeah, no, I uh, I met Cassandro at a you know how like Galley exists. Oh yeah, it will West. always exist. Yeah, before Galley, there was a guy I can't remember his name, but he ran all the lucha shows in Chicago, and uh, I forgot how I got on those shows. But one day he brought in uh, Shocker and he brought in Cassandro, and I got over with Cassandro just because I was nice to him, and like. What year was that? Like, oh, three. I got over Cassandro. And ever since then, we've been friends. Like, he, we always talk to we, we talk to each other on text every now and again. But, like, since oh, three, I've been friends with Cassandro. And uh, Cassandro said after my match with Ali, he was like, man, you made us work a little bit harder. He's like, I'm kind of mad at you. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm sorry, brother. But, dude, I can't believe it. Ted Patty 08, you get your ass beat. Me and Ali do that match. 
Fucking hell, dude. The wrestling's weird. There's there's more to that story if you want to hear it. Please. Why are you holding up? <laughs> so fast forward to I want to say 2011, okay. 2011 or 2012. Sure. Um, as you do remember, I don't know if you remember, like Mid South, like kind of shut down for like a while, for like okay. a couple of years. Yes. Yes. And that year, I remember if it's 2011 or 2012, uh, they were coming back, and it was like the it was a big deal the first time that TPI was going to be coming back, and they had like this thing where it's like, oh, we we've announced. 15 of the 16 entrants and number 16 will be like uh, determined by like a fan voting. Excuse me. And so they had this voting thing and I was like number three on the voting because I was just like constantly spamming it on like fucking social media like all the time. (laughs) And so they eventually what they decided to do was they were like, oh, like the top six people, we're just going to put you guys in a scramble uh to open up the show and then like winner of the scramble gets in the tournament and like for me being like such a huge fan of like you know independent wrestling and and, like specifically like the tpi and stuff growing up i was like damn dude just to be like on that show is like a huge like honor to me so i was like super stoked and but also uh slightly afraid because i was like there's no way that this motherfucker is gonna remember me there's no way does he he remembers doesn't he so, I, I I had to open my big fat mouth. Uh, at, it was at a Dreamwave show, and I was talking to Reed Bentley, and Reed Bentley close, really close, or used to be really close with Ian. I don't know how they are now, but yeah. so like the next month, he comes back and he goes, "Yeah, so uh, Ian remembers you," <laughs> and yes! I'm like, "Fuck!" I was yes! like, "Because you, I, because I told you the story, you probably went and told Ian, and Ian's like, "Oh yeah, I remember that." And I'm like, fuck. And he's just like, it's cool, though. Ian said, like, it's cool. Like, water under the bridge. And I'm like, yeah, awesome for him to say. Like, yeah, he's the one he, fucking, he like... Beat me up. Yeah, but I was like, all right, fuck it. Like, I honestly, like, 100%, like, did not care that that even happened. Yeah. I was just like, I just didn't want to, like, have, like, drama happen. I was like, whatever. Like, I was a dumbass kid. Even though, like, I didn't really do anything wrong. I was, like, it was over it. And so, like... Long story short, that that show ended up not happening, um, oh, no. for one reason or another. And uh, then I want to fast forward, like in a couple couple other years, maybe two more years, I get like an opportunity to go down for Mid South. They're like, "Oh, if you drive Hero down to the show, uh, we'll yeah, get you on the show." On so I'm like, "Fuck yeah, dude! This is like a sweet opportunity." So it was like me, Castro, me Castro, Hero, and Trick Davis driving down, and. So we get there and I'm super, super fucking nervous. We go into like Ian's little office area and he just looks at me. Is this Bellevue? Uh, no, this was like Jeffersonville. It was in the skating uh, rink. Sure, sure, sure. I, I think so. I, I just remember it was in this indoor skating rink. Um, okay. So I walk into his office and he like looks at me like he's like, you don't even look like the kid I beat up in Joliet. <laughs> And everyone starts laughing, and I'm just like, okay. Like, he's, he's like, thanks, thanks for coming down. I appreciate it. And I'm like, okay. Like, just trying to be as respectful oh, as I can. Fuck. And then, like, oh, no. our, the match we were in was, in a, was a four-way tag. And then just somehow it just beca- it randomly became a five-team tag, and Ian puts himself in our match. No! Yeah, so I'm, like, shitting myself. I'm like, 
fuck like he's gonna like try to shoot on me or something but i was like ready because i'm like okay well i'm not like a kid anymore like i could probably handle myself but like still just kind of like being ready and then like he just all he did was stand on the apron like on the same side as me just to fuck with me the entire time oh no like every time castro would kick somebody he'd be like your boy hits me like that you and me gonna have a problem and i'm like shit but like no he like it's it's kind of funny because i tell this story to people and like everyone's like holy shit like fuck fuck ian or whatever and i'm just like ah like it happened like whatever like ever ever since then like he's always been super fucking nice always like i've never i've never gotten stiffed on pay from him um and even like he definitely like told me before that he was like proud of me because of like the success that freelancers had yeah. And I was like, whoa, I was like, okay, like, I like, we never really had that kind of rapport, sure. but like for him to kind of say that was really cool. But no, I have no, no, uh, beef with Ian, but I just so think it's like, a really peep story. People have to remember how crazy the business was back then. Like now that wouldn't fly. Right. Him doing so anything? like, <laughs> yeah, like that wouldn't fly. Like beating up a fan, like there's lawsuits happening now and like <laughs> fucking there's no more IWA image style shows if that ever happened. You know what I mean? Like, like the business was so crazy back then. Like the wrestlers were fucking fighting each other. Fucking, uh, it was just like the most insane shit ever. Like when you backtrack to like when Mickey knuckles broke her leg, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I was at that show and it was at the same building. I remember sitting in the crowd or not sitting in the crowd, sitting in the back and the back was its own, like, little basketball court it was place was huge and i remember sitting there and i was like hey guys do you hear anything and we're like no i'm like damn dude the girls are killing the crowd like what the fuck <laughs> because like you could hear the crowd we're like from where we're at yeah I'm like, I'm like wait a minute something's wrong because nobody's saying a word and i run out and i look I'm like oh shit someone's hurt like because there was like 200 people there nobody saying a word and my dumb ass is in the back going oh man mickey knuckles is killing the crowd right now like oh no she's killing her fucking femur because she broke her fucking leg like so much crazy shit used to happen back then like uh that was the same building where madman pondo beat up insane lane do you ever hear about that story um i don't know why don't you tell that story (laughs) if you want to (laughs) you know the story you just want me to tell it you're fine (laughs) i don't care i'll tell it so like so damn dude i put myself in a hole on this one (laughs) fuck you don't have to tell it it's okay no i'm telling it it's happening me and pondo are friends people know it it's fine oh no (laughs) (laughs) so there was a deathmatch worker named insane lane he sends like nude photos to Manman Pondo's ex-wife at the time, or current mm. his wife, but ex-wife, and like some of the raunchiest fucking photo. I won't get into how raunchy it was, but it was fucking raunchy the shit he was sending her. And Pondo found out. So the, again, Joliet Building. It's me, Mustafa Ali, Drake Younger sitting there. We're all fucking there, and Pondo's there, and we're all just having a regular conversation, like we're talking right now. And Insane Lane walks in, and Pondo goes, hey, guys, I'll be right back. Gets up, starts beating the fuck out of him, and everyone just sitting there going, oh, no. But, like, <laughs> we were smartened up, so we knew why. So we're like, we're not stopping none of this. And, yeah. then, like, and then he beats him up. He goes, now you can leave because you're not booked. So, like, Pondo got him booked. He drew from Indiana to get his ass whooped. 
to drive home. Without God. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, damn. And he got like blackballed for a while. And then he like did one or two shows, but then they never showed up again. You know what I mean? So like, man, that Julia building was so weird. Like, uh, to go back to the Ted Petty 08, which you didn't get to see because it was the main event, was uh, kind of disposed of business. But like, Ian told Drake that Claudio Castanelli was going over and that he told Claudio when Drake hits you with his finish, don't kick out because Drake's really going over and I want to surprise him. So like Claudio and Drake do the spots and he's like, all right, so Drake, if you mind, you mind hitting me with your finish, but I'm going to kick out and then do X, Y, Z. Then I'm going to pin you with my thing. And Drake's like, yeah, man, that's cool. You could kick out of my finish. Little does Drake know. Uh, Claudio was never kicking out. So when you go back and watch it, Drake hits his finish and Claudio holds Drake on top of him. <laughs> so so that way Drake doesn't do the fake like fall off. And he like smartens voice like, no, you're going over. It's a rip. And then he goes over. So it was like a real emotion thing when Drake goes over at the end. Like, dude, I, I mean it was so crazy. The business was so crazy back then. Like people were getting beat up left and right. Fucking it was insane, but dude, you having that story is so great, and I'm so happy I know it now. <laughs> a little piece of history. I've, I've like, I feel like I've constantly just been on the wrong side of things, like for most of my career. <laughs> did, did I ever tell you the story of? <laughs> did I ever tell you the story of how uh, Ali like put a hit out on me? No, what? <laughs> what dude, year was this? Uh, this is 2010. Okay. Uh, this and this is funny also just because of how like Ali and I are like good friends now. But sure. you know when, when I first started in wrestling, I was kind of <laughs> like a fucking. That's why like I laugh when I talk to Joe about shit like of stuff he gets in trouble for. I'm just like, bro, like I've I've been there. Like I've I've said stupid shit like a lot when I was younger, and and that was one of the things. It was like I think it started from like I I had like oh I so I took a uh, when I was in college. I took a uh, web design class sure. and so I was like, all right, well, fuck it. I'm going to make like my own website for me, like for wrestling. Like, why wouldn't I uh, kill two birds with one stone? So I made like this shitty like little website for me. And like, I kind of like would just put like all of my dates on this website. And I think at some point, like Ali must've seen it or whatever. And he like messaged me and he's like, Yo, bro, why do you got all these Dreamwave dates on your calendar? Because I was just like planning on, because Boz, uh, like Boz trained me, Boz was going there, so I was just going to show face and like help out. Yeah, and like yeah, just yeah, trying yeah. To get booked. So I just put it on my thing because I was gonna be there, you know, whatever. Like it's, it was more for me not to forget. Sure. Um, and he's just like, yeah, but you're like not on the shows, and he's like, and I was like, oh, okay, cool, like, sorry, dude, like it was just like weird, and and then it was something else that I posted where I was like trying to like do like. Hey fans, like design a t-shirt for me or whatever. And like it was like some sort of contest. Yeah. And he like he's like, Who the fuck are you like doing this thing? Like messaging me. And he's like, You have you haven't had like like f- four matches and like you're fucking trying to get merch man, you have your own website. And I just go, uh, actually I've had ten matches, not four <laughs> matches. That was <laughs> that was my response to that. And he's just like, Okay. And then, like, this was, like, right around, like, when Twitter was first, like, a thing. Sure. And I just remember, like, <clears throat> tweet, like, yo, if anybody's on a show with Matt Nix, beat the fuck out of that kid and teach him some respect. And I was just like, holy shit. Like, what the fuck am I going to do? Like, 
call my I call Boz and I'm like, Boz, what do I do? And he's just like, I don't know, kid. You gotta figure it out. Sorry. And I'm just like, oh Jesus. And like, so I apologized and all this shit. And he's like, all right, whatever. And then like he was already done with wrestling at this point. Or he was like because yeah. he out of it. They did some angle at Dreamwave where he was feuding with uh, Ace Martino. I don't know if you remember him. Uh, and he like he's like, I'm going to call out Ali. And like he's like talking shit and like Ali's music hits. And it was me that came out instead. Because okay. so he, Ali actually reached out to me personally to be like, hey, we need somebody that kind of looks like me to, like, <laughs> for this. Angle. So like I come out dressed as him, like just like oh my back, oh my knees, like just grabbing my knees and shit. Yeah, yeah. And then like and then he comes out for the fucking big pop and like bumps us all and stuff and like and then after that day I was booked like for every single Dreamwave show for the next like three or four years. So I was like, we were we were we were cool after that. <laughs> oh, and then man. freelance happened, and then then we were cooler. Yeah, because he needed that booking. <laughs> <laughs> God damn! You try, man. Ali put the hit out on you. Holy shit! That it's so funny. Like, I mean, it's obviously like shit. Like that doesn't like that was <clears throat> like he wasn't like yeah, kill this guy. But like, so <laughs> to piggyback off of that, every time Joe is booked here at AEW, whoever he's wrestling, I tell that person, I will give you fifty dollars per stitch that you give Joe. So I always. Put a hit out on Joe, but nobody's cashed in on it. Uh, <laughs> I think MJF goes, I'll match it. So it got up to like a hundred dollars per stitch when he was wrestling Butcher and Blade. And I was like, Come on, dude, just fucking just cut him a little bit, just give him a little something. Oh my god, but I but I put the hit out on Joe every time, and I'm gonna publicly state that on when indie wrestling comes back, whoever gives Joe stitches, it is fifty dollars per stitch that Joe has to get. I'm putting out the hit. <laughs> But fucking hell, dude. Dude, wrestling. Wow. Fuck. Um, <laughs> what, uh, did you talk about, like, we, you're down in Jacksonville. Yes. We talked about AEW a couple of times. Let's get, let's talk about that stuff. Like, sure. So you, your first time going down as far as like match, match wise was the match, uh, where you tagged with, um, uh, Charles Spears. Charles Spears. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, uh, just uh, talk about like coming in for that, and like just your mindset as far as like, oh, I'm 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 here to do, to fill a spot, but also I need to like have eyes on me and show that I can fucking go too. Like, yeah. So like, uh, I'll tell you the whole story on that, which is fucking insane. You know me, I don't drink, but you saw me drink a half a beer in Texas, I believe you said. Oh yeah, when we were at yeah, in that fucking rooftop bar. Oh man, mania, mania weekend. I drink half a beer and I, I'm a super lightweight because I don't drink. Uh, so what happened was my wife, I was sitting at home on a Wednesday. My wife was like, put the kids to bed or whatever. And she's like, I'm going to make a strawberry daiquiri. Do you want one? I said, yes, fine. And like, I don't drink because I don't like the taste of it. That's like my thing. Right. So, mm-hmm. but like strawberry daiquiris, they taste like fucking strawberry daiquiris. So I'm like, oh, so I drank two strawberry daiquiris, got fucking annihilated and then the search for spears commercial came on on AEW, and i'm like fuck i could do that so then (laughs) i by this time i'm three strawberry daiquiris in in my basement cutting promos in my basement like with my toys 
uh, I framed my "You Got Fired" WWE letter uh, as like a reminder. Like, you ever see Mallrats? Yeah. You know how he like framed his breakup letter. Mm-hmm. So it's I did that to like my motivation. Yeah, I framed my my "You Got Fired" letter, and I'm cutting this promo about my "You Got Fired" letter, and I'm like watching them back, and I'm drunk, and I'm like, these fucking suck. And then I had the video that Swerve's made of me bleeding versus Kylie Ray, and I'm like. I'm just going to fucking put this out there, me bleeding. And I put it out there at like two in the morning on a Wednesday night. I wake up for work the next day and I look, I'm like, my notifications are fucking blown up on Twitter. I'm like, what happened? I'm like, oh no, I posted this video. Look, <laughs> it's got 12,000 views and I posted it like 2 a.m. I'm like, oh no. And then like uh, the freelance show was on Friday. So I was like, by the time Friday rolled around, when I pulled into the parking lot to come to the freelance show, I got the text, you're booked. And I was originally supposed to do the search for Spears in Milwaukee on April 1st. So when they text me, they're like, yo, April 1st, Milwaukee. I go, haha, April Fools, don't play with my emotions. And they're like, no, for real, you and Spears tagging in Milwaukee. I'm like, oh, fuck, yes super excited corona happens mm -hmm. and then and then they cancel it and i'm like oh no and then they were like hey but can you come to jacksonville i'm like yep and <laughs> so then uh so then i come to jacksonville and so uh mox and i have been friends for fucking ever so i hit him up i'm like hey i'm doing this like what the fuck you know what i mean and and he gave me a lot of advice and he's like this is a time you have to be selfish. So he's like, make sure you look good. Don't be afraid to speak up here because it'll be okay. I said, all right, fine. And I hit up a couple of other people that I really respect. Like I hit up a steel, I hit up a bunch of other people, like just advice. I'm like, I'm going into this. And since I got fired in 08, uh, I started doing extra work in after that, like a couple times, so I'll just say like what I've said to them was like, dude, I've been an extra for like 10 years now. Right. And like, that's where my mind is. How you do know, I come? You know in? how you got to be, you, you know how, where you have to be, how you have to act, you yeah. know, what you can and can't do. Yeah. But then I'm being told to do the opposite. They're like, no, don't think that way. So I needed to get a couple of advice on how not to think that way. So <clears throat> this is the height of Corona. We get here, and we're not allowed to go to the building until 4 p.m. And we end up calling the match in the hotel room. And um, and I think I got over with Tully Blanchard because I said, they came to me and they go, Rob, what do you want to do? And instead of saying moves, I was like, uh, I want to change the gears of the match. I want, I want to be the aggressor. I want to make it from wrestling to fucking heat. And, like, ever since then, Tully was on my side. And he's been on my side ever since. So, like, the match happens. Everything goes well. Um, and I'm kind of like, all right, well, that was that. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know what's going to happen because it's corona time. And, like, fucking the business is weird, right? It's getting weirder as it goes on. So then, um, so that happens. And then, man, I got like CTE. What was my, what was my <laughs> second match? Was my second match Mox right away? 
Uh, yeah, I think so. Did I wrestle Mox right after that? It did was I like go from Spears to Mox, or did I? It was like a couple. It was like a, there was a gap in between, but but I think the second match that Spears, aired... Mox, Brian Cage, Scorpio Sky. Yeah. So then my next match is Mox, right? So uh, that happens, and I don't. Which know was what huge. Is huge for you. Huge for like just just to see. I mean, for like the the AEW fan base, it was like. Huge for them to see, you know, the world champion wrestling. Oh no, no, some Let's dude on that. fucking. Yeah, I know. Let's get to that. So let, I was trying to think how this went in order. So I wrestled Spears, and I got a lot of feedback from it. Right, a lot of a lot of feedback. What to do? What to and like? And then I was still in my mind. I was still in extra mode, even though when I wrestled, I wrestled like if I was wrestling anywhere else, I just toned it down a little bit. Right, and Mox told me maybe I shouldn't have. Told, I should have did a little bit different. Whatever things happen. So then uh, that happens. Then I get a text from Mox. At, he always texts me at like midnight or like <laughs> or like 2 a.m. And he texts me and he gave me all these dates. And I'm like, all right, what are these? He's like, that's when we're filming next. I go, okay. He goes, yeah, me and you. I go, the fuck do you mean me and you? He's like, <laughs> yeah. He's like, me and you going to wrestle. I was like what i go what (laughs) and he goes and he's like yeah he's like it's gonna happen so i was like oh shit so then uh the next day i get an email and i get a flight and i'm like oh shit it's happening so i text him i'm like yo it's i'm going like fuck we're doing this he's like yeah just hope it's on dark and i was like oh why because because if it's on fucking dynamite it's gonna be five minutes if it's on dark, we can do whatever the fuck we want. I'm like, oh, <laughs> please be on dark. And um, and we they do double tapings Wednesday, Thursday, right? So Wednesday, I'm doing nothing. And I'm like, all right. So I text him, like, we're not on the board. He's like, yeah, we're probably wrestling Thursday. I'm like, okay, fine. So then at this point, I didn't know that nobody knew that me and Mox are wrestling. Right. So like the guy that puts together dark, he's like, Hey man, like, sorry, I didn't get you on tonight. He's like, but tomorrow you'll have a good match. I'll, I'll make sure of it. I go, yeah, I know I'm Russell Mox. And he goes, wait, what? I go, Oh, am I not? He's like, hold on, hold on. Who told you that? I go, he did. Uh-oh. <laughs> he goes, wait, he told you that? He's like, yeah. And he goes, all right, full disclosure. And he told me some shit. He goes, if that's true, Fuck yes, I want that to happen, you know, blah blah blah. <laughs> so I watch him go up to Mox and Mox gives him a quick like, yep. He's like, Fuck, guess you are. And at that point, only three people knew that I was wrestling Mox before that. And I was like, Oh shit. So then the next day I get there and at the bottom of the board, Robert Anthony versus John Moxley, and Joe Janela walks up and Joe Janela goes, Oh shit. He's like, CW rematch tonight. Oh fuck! <laughs> so it's like Janela's like old school CZW fan, and he's like going crazy. Brett Lauderdale texts me because obviously Joey did. Joey told me he's like Brett Lauderdale's like, "What the fuck?" I'm like, "Yeah, I guess so." Please don't say nothing because like you know the business, like it cannot happen. You know what I mean? Like it might yeah. not happen. So, uh, so I was like keeping it super quiet, and next to the board it said six minutes, and I was like. Oh shit. So me and Mox are talking and some dude walks up to him. He goes like, yeah, so what you and your boy, like 
five, six, seven? And he's like, yeah, like, we might go 10, 12, maybe more. And <laughs> the guy was like, all right, yeah, do whatever the fuck you want. And I was like, oh, shit, this is going to go, this is going to be real. So, like, uh, we call this match, you know, everything's going well. And, uh, and like, uh, Brian Cage goes out for commentary. And then they're like, hold on, wait, freeze. He's like, fuck. The mock, he's like, the champ doesn't wrestle in front of nobody. So then they put people out in the crowd. So I was like, oh, shit, this is the first dark match ever with people out in the crowd. So I was like, super excited for that. And uh, Sammy Guevara is in the back watching. And I smartened Sammy up, and I smartened Joe up. And I said, hey, man, like, we're going long. And they're like, what? <laughs> I was like, dude, we're doing everything. And he's like, what do you mean everything? I'm like, we're doing everything. Like, we're it's doing TPI throwbacks. all over again. Dude, I'm like, we're doing <laughs> throwbacks of, like, our old match in there. But sure, it's going to be Mox Heavy because it has to be. But he's giving me stuff. Like, we're going to do stuff. Like, this is going to be crazy. So uh, Joe's sitting in the crowd. Sammy's sitting in the back. And they both told me the same exact thing from their perspectives from people around them. They both said at the one-minute mark, people in the back went, Oh shit, what the fuck's going on? This is not going six minutes. And then uh, Joe said, People in the crowd went, Man, this is going to be quick. I don't know why we're out here. And then he goes, After a minute, they went, Oh shit, this is not going to be quick. <laughs> like, we legitimately mind fucked everyone in the building because nobody knew what was going on. And like, when I talked to people about it afterwards, I was like, Do you know what basically happened? It was like, if John Cena went to Vince McMahon, and he was like, hey, Vince, like, as John Cena's champ, he's like, hey, man, like, I got my friend here, my jobber friend, and me and him are going to wrestle on Sunday Night Heat tonight, and we're going to go, like, 15. And Vince is like, all right, yeah, sure, do whatever you want. <laughs> like, that's how I explained what happened that night. It was John Cena and his jobber friend wrestled on fucking Heat for 15 minutes, and nobody knew what to do. And everyone was just like, I don't know what's going on. This is fucking insane. So, like, we had this match, and then uh, everything was cool, man. Like, he fucking kicked me in the face. Never sent it, showed the photo of my oh. face. No, I don't think you sent it to me, but I, <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Dude, I had this giant fucking red mark across my face. Big Swole said I look like a red striped beer. Uh, <laughs> we had this match, and then I was like, dude. Janela was like, when the internet hears this and they watch it, it's going to be a pleasant surprise because it's not a squash. And like, I made sure I clocked a lot of those comments like squash, squash. But a lot of people are like, oh shit, they're friends. It might not be. And like, it was a pleasant, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it was a pleasant surprise. And then from that, I got booked against Scorpio Sky, which then we did real good then. And then I got beat up by the machine, Brian Cage. But, <laughs> but fuck, dude, it was. That Mox match, like, really, he helped me out a lot. And, uh, and like, I have no problem saying, like, I'm in this hotel room right now because of him, right? And, of course, like, me doing the work or whatever is, is helping my cause. But, like, fuck, dude, I owe, I owe a lot to a lot of different people. And I, and I, uh, and I did it because, like, as, as you start going through the business, man, like, be nice to as many people as you can. Try not to fucking, for make make too many enemies because like those people will come back to help you if you're a good dude you know what i mean and like 
fuck, dude. That that one match like set me up here for for what's been three matches now, potentially four. So fucking hell, dude. And it's awesome to see. You know, it's awesome for you know all of all of us up here in Chicago to to see one of our own kind of like branching out and getting these opportunities and like you know potentially like moving on to a, a larger platform to do what you love. So I mean, it's fucking awesome. Yeah, man, it's it, it's scary at the same sense because like, dude, I'm gonna be 40 years old here soon, and like, I got this fucking family and all this kind of stuff. Like, <laughs> like I I said, this is my greatest summer vacation ever. Then that's what I'm treating it as because like. At the end of the summer, fuck, dude. Either I'm doing this or I'm going back to fucking teaching. So, but I don't want to think that, right? Because if I think that, I'm going to go insane. I'm literally going to go insane. Like, shit, this person got a contract and I didn't. Oh, shit, this person's doing this and I didn't. If I think like that, then I'm not going to have fun. But if I think this is a fucking, the greatest summer vacation I've ever had in my life, and if this is all it is, fuck yeah, man. Like, I'm having a good time. And that's all that fucking matters. Because, like, I lived that life where it's, like, self-doubt, self-fucking-hatred, um, uh, envious, jealousy, all that stuff. You know what I mean? And it's, like, once you let that go, then you, like, get a little bit of, like, fucking what you got in the business for, right? Like, everyone got in the business not making any money and having the best times of your life. Once fucking money got involved, once fucking social media and internet fame and more bookings got involved then it became stressful like if you think about it like backyard wrestling was the best fucking part about wrestling the best like you're hanging out with your friends doing whatever you didn't care about fucking anything but once you start comparing yourself to others once you start fucking fucking doing all that kind of stuff then this shit becomes no fun like I'm on the 17th floor in fucking Jacksonville overlooking a fucking ocean and uh, we go ghost hunting every now and again and I'm like just fucking I'm just exploring this town having a time of my life wrestling and having fun. The second I start fucking doing all that other shit then I'm not going to have fun and I'm going to fucking make myself go crazy and it's going to suck. You know what I mean? So that's kind of what I... I equivalent to man, just have a good fucking summer vacation. Those are words to live by. <laughs> right. Fuck dude. I, I've done it all and it sucks. Um, I did get some questions from, from the fans. Uh, if you'd like to field some of these questions. Hell yeah. It's not just fans, basically just from Twitter and in, in general, but, uh, Alex Olson. Yes. He, says, he goes, uh, 350 fest rematch. Brother, that I am so. Does that match on tape? No, I don't think so, dude. Some of my best matches are not on tape. That match with Alex Olson, you were there. Was oh yeah, fucking awesome. We I love that match because I threw all ambitions out the window. My favorite part of that was the promo that I cut, where you told me we had twenty nine minutes, and I said on the mic. I have 29 minutes. I will take every bit of this because we're going between. Dude, at hell yeah. I will wrestle Alex Olsen at 350 Fest every fucking year and we will kill it every fucking year. Hell yes. Yeah. I want it. We got to do that match in freelance. Dude, hell yeah. Dude, I'm down. Whenever we can. <laughs> Dude, 2022 fucking freelance wrestling returns. 
so our good friends at the Two Heels and Face podcast here in Chicago, they uh, they had said uh, definitely interested in hearing about all the AEW dark matches, uh, yeah. especially like the one with Scorpio Sky. And uh, they just kind of were like basically what we talked about. Uh, he wanted to know about match prep beforehand, goals of the match, and what you yeah. thought of your performance. <clears throat> but anything, I don't know if it, anything you want to add to what you had already said. So uh, I'll back. I'll, I'll do real quick. So I, I get long winded sometimes. Uh, the match with SCU at the end of it, I was blown the fuck up because it's <laughs> this building's outside and it's oh, hot yeah. as fuck, right? So in Scorpio, in the when I wrestled Mox, uh, I got blown up again at the end. So when I wrestled Scorpio, I was like, my goal: don't fucking blow up. And me and Sammy Guevara went to the practice football field, the Jaguars thing, and played football for, like, two hours. So I was like, dude, I can't blow up. I got to get, like, this fucking heat. So, like, my Scorpio match was have a good outing. Don't get blown up. Uh, it's fucking hot here. And then when I wrestled Brian Cage, like, I was going one minute. So I was like, just don't die from the fucking machine. Uh, <laughs> but, like, having all this time off, like, even tomorrow. Like, don't blow up, don't blow up, don't blow up. And get caught, uh, get sort of over. Try to, at least. You know what I mean? Show some character. <laughs> uh, the PWT cast. Uh, yes. They ask, uh, what does Robert Anthony think happened to the lost city of Atlantis? Uh, man, do you know I'm into this shit, right? Oh, this, yeah. This is, this is my shit. <laughs> so, like... Uh, Damn, so Lost City of Atlantis. All right, so I believe that, number one, it sank, right? Um, just because the Earth, all the fucking continents were connected. We could prove that. Pangea, right? yes. It was all connected. Something fucking happened, and they fucking disconnected, right? So I believe Atlantis was in that phase of disconnection where it sunk right and i've seen a lot of documentaries on it where like we found these fucking steps under the water and we found this we found that um i draw the line at certain things right so i believe that they were atlantis was the most technologically advanced city in that time period but i don't believe they had flying cars or anything like that <laughs> not uh, like the cartoon no uh i believe that they had technology i'm a big fucking believer in the ancient astronaut theories. So, oh, yeah. like, you, there's no fucking way that we built fucking the pyramids with fucking primitive tools. Uh, and, and and I always go straight to Puma Punku. Fucking, go look up fucking Puma Punku. Dude, the, the way they fucking, the way they make those fucking H blocks and all those fucking carvings on the inside, there was a technology that they used to move this object fucking to this side of the world and it's lost right and i believe atlantis had that or invented that um and and i believe that there's there was something going on that fucking lost uh i i kind of on the edge of the pyramids being a power plant i'm very on the edge of it i'm sort of an engine engine no um just because i I can't wrap my head around certain aspects of it, like all these different fucking things in the earth and they all are connected by this fucking energy wave and it's a fucking power plant. I can't believe it, but I 
I'm on the edge of that part of it. But uh, but I do believe there's something there was something that was fucking going on that we that we lost, right? And it's gone. And like um, like the big thing, the Baghdad battery, you know, the, the Baghdad battery. So oh, it's yeah. like it's the fucking flower pot, and then they fucking put a piece of copper in it, and then fucking made a battery out of it. So they had power. The pyramids had power. Uh, uh, Pumapunku, they fucking carved these goddamn stones with such precise measurements. Like razor-sharp edges and stuff. And Yes. So, like, I, I'm a big believer in that there's a technology. Number, we are, went off in tangent, but Atlantis fucking sunk. They didn't have flying cars, but they fucking had something where they could fucking <laughs> move shit and carve shit into something crazy stuff, crazy stuff. And you gotta know, you get, you gotta be smart too, man. Like you're not making these designs, you're not making these fucking interlocking blocks without having a conscious thought in your head. And mainstream archaeology archaeologists are very quick to say, "No, hammer, hammer and chisel, and these people were dumb." You're you're fucking lying, man. They were not fucking dumb. They knew what they were fucking doing. Dude, I get all real, these I get real mad about it. All these archaeologists nowadays, like nowadays, but like a lot of these archaeologists and just scientists in general refuse to look at any other evidence than what has already been presented and what has already been proven as fact. Because if they look at this other stuff and they see it and they examine it and then they see, oh shit, we might have been wrong, then it discredits them and it fucks and it hurts their uh, reputation. And they don't want that to happen. And that's why they, all these fucking scientists and archaeologists and everything, they just are so quick to, to debunk any kind of thing that, that points to any kind of you know, ancient astronaut theory, any kind of uh, you know, super, uh, super intelligent and technologi- technologically advanced uh, civilization on this planet uh, prior to a you know, couple thousand years ago. But uh, no, okay. I... I I'm on the same page as you. <laughs> and like, and like, there's so much shit that's out there that we don't know because they're hiding it from us, right? So I'm gonna get a little, I'm gonna get on a tangent real quick. Like, like, there's pyramids in fucking China. They're covering up, right? So mm-hmm. like, like, there's pyramids fucking that are 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 there's covered pyramids up by in Antarctica. Yeah, and they're they're like the Chinese government literally put a fucking forest over it, right? And you could see it from fucking satellite images. These fucking right angles that. Right angles do not exist in nature. Mm-hmm. Humans make right angles. And, like, these fucking pyramids exist. Uh, the Nazca lines. And, like, that shit was made to be seen from above. And, like, the, like, like the people from, from the pyramid age and in the past, they were fucking smart, man. And they fucking knew something. And whether it was, like, aliens coming down and doing whatever and teaching them or them just having something right and um and creating it like you can't fucking ignore it you know what i mean like um i always i always go back to saying like you cannot be so fucking naive to think that we are the only conscious living thing in the universe right mm-hmm. so like the universe um, uh, when back in the day when I was a personal trainer, I trained a uh, scientist. He worked at Argonne Laboratory in Illinois, and um, and he he told me some things about the universe. And, and and one thing that always stuck with me is that the universe is two points, and they're always moving away from each other. So the universe is always growing, right? And I would say, well, what is it growing into? 
And he's like, it's not growing into anything. It's growing around itself. So he, he, he made it, he made it a point to say, if you have an apple and you put uh, a coin at the top of that apple, when you move it to the bottom of that apple, it's actually moving in a different spot. It will never be up and down. Right. So the universe is always moving around into itself. And it's so fucking big that, there's so many solar systems and so many things. This universe is so big. You cannot be so naive to think that we're the only conscious living thing on a fucking rock somewhere. And once you get over that thought, then you start opening your eyes to our lost fucking past. And if people all got on the same page and just started piecing fucking things together, then maybe we can make sense of this weird fucking thing that we call existence right so like something needs to be found something needs to be blown out of the water maybe it has been and we're never fucking told but like something needs to happen so that this all makes fucking sense because to be honest if fucking 2020 is as far as we fucking go as a as a human race then fuck we suck because we need to figure something out you know what I mean? Like, I'm a big, I'm a big fucking watcher of uh, Curse of Oak Island. You ever watch Curse of Oak Island? Oh yeah, dude, I can't stop watching it. And I, and I, every season, I'm like, please find something. They're gonna please do it. They're gonna do it. And please find something. Just to fucking yeah, just to turn our world upside down, man. Like, we need Indiana Jones. We need them to fucking come out and fucking find the fucking fucking Temple of Doom and just fucking figure this fucking world out. <laughs> Because right now, fucking Giorgio uh, Tsoukalos is not fucking doing it for me right now. But he, he's the <laughs> fucking man. I got my, my Instagram photo is me and Giorgio. Dude, I uh, love that guy. And, and, and like, and like, you just gotta listen to him more and just worry about all the other shit less. And your fucking your fucking days will be fucking better. Dude, I uh, I wrestled in Maine, and I looked up how close it would be to drive to Oak Island. And it would yes. have been an, it would have been like a six hour drive that would oh, have no. I, I think it would have been like a partial ferry ride or something. Yeah. But I was like I was honestly like hmm I wonder. But then I like looked it up and it's like they don't allow like tourists to go check out the fucking bottomless pit there. You know. Oh dude, that would suck. Dude, I'd sneak onto that bitch. There's no I know way you would. I know, yeah, I know you would. I just walk right in. I'm like, no, dude, we're we made it here. We're going in. They do tours and shit, man. I'm going in. God. Um. <laughs> Uh, the PWT cast also asks, uh, "What are what are your top three insects?" Dude, I fucking hate bugs, dude. Like, <laughs> dude, I, uh, dude, I hate. I'm not gonna say hate animals, but I hate fucking like rats and mice. I'm afraid of them. I'm afraid of bugs. I'm, I dude, I can't do. I make my wife kill spiders. Uh, <laughs> Dude, we had a mouse in our garage, and I trapped it. It was under my stairs. And I made up an excuse that I threw my back out so I could get my neighbor <laughs> to come over and get the mouse out of the trap underneath my stairs in my garage. Oh, my I am, God. I, I was like, dude, I threw my back out. Can you reach under these stairs and get this mouse for me? And the guy's like, oh, yeah, yeah no, no problem. And I fucking lied because I can't do it. I, I cannot do bugs. Um uh the okay so i'll do my top three hates right yeah i, I, I just i fucking run away uh number one or no i'm gonna do three to one because i have a story about number one <laughs> uh obviously the the easy one number three is spiders 
I don't give a fuck what type of spider it is. It scares the shit out of me, and I hate it. Uh, uh, that's number three. Uh, my number two worst are those fucking long centipede little punchy oh, ones. Leggers. Yeah. Dude, I can't do it. And uh, my number one is fucking cockroaches. And I'm gonna tell I'm gonna tell you why. When I was living in Florida, there's two types of cockroaches. They're the little ones, that means you're dirty. Then there's the big ones that live outside. And sometimes the big ones get into your fucking apartment. So I was in Florida and I had two interactions with cockroaches, the big ones, because we weren't dirty, we didn't have little ones. I go in the kitchen and a fucking big one runs across the counter up behind the kitchen cabinets. And I start fucking screaming. And I'm like, fuck, shit, going crazy. Uh, I'm banging on the, or first I take the bug spray. And at the top of the counter, uh, the kitchen cabinet, I spray the top. So I'm thinking if I bang on it, he runs up, he'll run into the fucking bug spray and die. Right. <laughs> so I'm banging on the cabinets. I'm fucking turning the garbage disposal on. I'm doing everything I can to get this fucking cockroach out of there. I stick the fucking uh, I stick a coat hanger up there. He runs through my trap. Get I get him right. Uh, the next day, no, four hours later, I get a knock on the door. It's the police, and I answer the door. And I'm like, oh, what's up? And they're like, your neighbor, someone called, and they heard power tools and a woman screaming we're, <laughs> we're seeing if everyone's okay and i was like yo there's no woman here but that was me and the power tools were the garbage disposal i was trying to kill a cockroach and the cops laughed at me and ran away and left <laughs> and then the, the second one with the cockroach i laid down and i looked up and there was one on my ceiling i was like no so nope. fuck bugs i can't nope. do it they're too big fuck florida <clears throat> i hate them all God damn. Uh, last question from PWT cast. They say, uh, would you rather be a beekeeper or an archaeologist if wrestling wasn't an option? Fucking archaeologist, brother. I'm going to go find <laughs> velociraptors. I'm going to find velociraptors and scare some fucking kid with the claw. Just like oh. Jurassic Park. That's what I'll fucking do. Uh, thank you for not asking the Frank the Clown question because I saw that on the Twitter. Uh, <laughs> fuck you, Frank the Clown. Eat a shit. Okay, let's go well, skipping Frank's question, which it wasn't really a question. Uh, the last question I have here is from the system, the system WF on Twitter sure. is his, his handle. Uh, he sure. just goes, Why did he steal Jerry Lynn's pants? Because Jerry Lynn's a fucking man. <laughs> and if I never fucking wrestle in AEW again, at least I paid tribute to him one time. Dude, those tights are sweet. Uh, do you want to tell the story about like talking to him about that or? Uh, yeah. So like I said, Hey man, like I got these made. I would like to wear them when I wrestle on TV. And I kind of told him why, like me and Jerry Lynn wrestle each other over 10 fucking times. And um, so we know each other. It's not coming out of, it's not coming out of left field. And I was like, Hey man, like I want to pay tribute. You know what I mean? Like, I know you're not dead, but I like pay tribute to you because like, I respect you and fucking blah, blah, blah. I gave him this whole thing. He's like, dude, I'd be honored. I was like, hell yeah. 
So then uh, I wore those tights, and apparently a lot of people marked out when I came out wearing those yellows and uh, yellow and purples. Me included. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and it got over, and I, and I was super happy. But like, well, some people didn't get it. They're like, oh, they some some somebody literally said on Twitter, I thought you forgot your gear and went in Jerry Lynn's bag and got his. He let you borrow oh, his. Amazing. And I was like, he still he has them just in case. He's- yeah, he just has them, and they magically fit me. <laughs> I was like, brother, really? I was like, okay. Uh, yeah, so I did it as kind of a tribute. Uh, my Spoiler alert, my gear, whenever I wrestle again in the next two days, uh, it's that gear again, but my red and blues. Um, so I'm not going to wear the yellows and black this weekend. I'll wear the red and blues. Uh, I think I'm going to steal his design for a little while, just because I like it. Something new, something different. Who knows? But um, yeah, man, I took those fucking things. Hell yeah. yeah well, those are all the questions I got. Um, I think uh, that's pretty much pretty much all I got with uh, with this uh, little conversation we had together. But sure. uh, usually at the end here, uh, I leave it open for anything you want to plug, anything you want to promote. Uh, the floor is yours, my friend. Right. So, uh, number one, I'm going to plug uh, St. Jude's Children's Hospital. Uh, I know times are tough. You don't have to donate. But if you ever decide to donate any money... Uh, donate to St. Jude's. They're uh, near and dear to my heart. Um, all my pro wrestling tees merch goes to them, and uh, and whatever little bits that I could fucking give. Um, uh, so that I always plug them for whatever I do. Uh, wrestling doesn't exist right now outside of the big two, uh, so like you really can't fucking support indie wrestling. But if you, but if you want to, there is a pro wrestling tee sale July first. Uh, you can buy all your favorite fucking promotions, merchandise, and fucking help everyone out, do all that kind of stuff. And then, most importantly, just fucking be nice to each other, man. Like, this fucking, this whole fucking world is getting weird and toxic. Everyone just fucking have a good fucking time, because we're not here for a fucking long time, right? Truth. Very much truth. Yeah. And start getting those fucking freelance hoodies with the with the logos on the sleeves. Stop being lazy. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll work on that for when when shows start coming back again. We we can yes. start selling hoodies with sleeves on them. Yes, and then the fucking guy that makes the foam titles make them cheaper. Don't tell him to stop fucking <laughs> charging you so much because I want one. But they the guy charges makes I don't know fucking you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah, uh, dude. Well, thanks thanks for get, uh, sitting down and and chatting with me. I know you're you're out and about. You're on the move, uh, on the up and up some would say so thanks for taking time to talk yeah no worries and then when we do a part two then we'll talk about when we first met or my memory of us first meeting was that dysfunction show oh shit okay yeah no we'll definitely do a a part two soon uh, to talk about that and then just like strictly conspiracy shit and like yes so if if anyone listened to this far if you want us to do a strictly episode on aliens ghosts and conspiracies because i've been fucking ghost hunting two times here in jacksonville the second time i got fucking fleas i never told my wife (laughs) so hopefully she doesn't fucking know uh okay that that's the cliffhanger about (laughs) us going ghost hunting i got fucking fleas man uh so i've been ghost hunting twice so if anyone listens this far even this is the fucking spoiler or the the hype clip for it is do you want nicks and i to talk with conspiracies ghosts fucking magic and aliens because i'm super into fucking magic uh let us know 
It'll be no wrestling talk whatsoever. Those are the fucking topics. Oh man, I this is this has to happen soon. Definitely. Yeah, I saw I saw Siegfried and Roy, Roy live. I'm really into magic too. Dude, we'll, we'll do that when you get back. We'll you we can come up uh and sit in my office <laughs> and processing teas and yes and, uh, and do this one in person. Deal, because so I can steal micro brawlers. Ryan yes. Park and hope you're not listening. <laughs> uh, he's not listening. Uh, All right. Okay, well, I will talk to you soon, my friend. All right, goodbye.